Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the Gospel of the Day. I am James Thomas. Today is Saturday, October the 21st, 2023. It is the 28th Saturday in Ordinary Time. Also, being a Saturday in Ordinary Time, we always honor Our Lady. Today's reading is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever denies me before others will be denied before the angels of God. Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When they take you before synagogues and before rulers and authorities, do not worry about how or what your defense will be or, what, or about what you are to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that moment what you should say. So we have a couple really great little concepts here for us to, and there's so much more than concepts, I just say that for I don't know, it's the word that came through my mind at that moment, but Jesus is giving us eternal truths here. That's a far better word to use, far better phrase, and these are linked together. I'm going to go backwards here. First, about how the Holy Spirit should teach us what we are to say, will teach us. This is one of the examples in the Gospels of Jesus telling us about the fruits of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about, for example, confirmation in the Catholic understanding, we say all seven sacraments were founded by Christ. All of them are in the Gospels. And confirmation is most obviously in the Gospel whenever the Holy Spirit appears. So, for example, Pentecost. I would think that the apostles were already baptized, but then again, it was before the crucifixion if they were. I know many of them, some of them at least, were disciples of John the Baptist. It says at one point Jesus was baptizing as well, so I'm, I'm interested to know, and I don't know will we ever fully know, I mean until we get to heaven, what exactly was the grace of that baptism that Jesus was giving? Because on the one hand, imagine being baptized by Jesus, and you would think, well yeah, this is the fullness of the Holy Spirit being given, but at the same time, he hadn't died on the cross yet. So is it a grace that goes back in time and therefore they are receiving baptism the way we would today? Or is it more of a symbolic baptism, which was essentially what John the Baptist's was? Not completely symbolic. There's some grace involved, but it's a prevenient grace. It's a grace that comes before the crucifixion, kind of like Our Lady's Immaculate Conception and so many other graces given in the Old Testament. Their graces, their anticipatory graces, graces given in preparation, in anticipation of the crucifixion and death and resurrection of Jesus, which is really the source of all grace. So we need Jesus to die on the cross and rise from the dead in order for the font of grace to be open. And then it makes sense for him to send the Holy Spirit. Our faith is really an amazing thing, because when you think about it, I mean, Jesus' birth and his conception in Mary's womb happened because of the Holy Spirit coming down upon Mary, and yet uh, he hadn't died on the cross yet. <laughs> Isn't that something? So graces are just abounding all over the place because God knows he's going 
to die and rise and therefore open up the gates of heaven, open up the source and the font of grace for all of us. But as Jesus gives us the seven sacraments, there's also the fruits, the effects of the sacraments. And one of the effects of, first of all, baptism, but then confirmation, which is the fullness, the completion of baptism in which we receive the fullness of the Spirit. Uh, in confirmation, we get the set, well, we get the fullness, we, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit are unlocked for us. They're unleashed. They're opened up for us. We now have access to the fullness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so, for example, the courage to speak up for our faith, the wisdom to know what to say, the reverence for Almighty God that will overflow from us. These are gifts of the Spirit, and Jesus is talking about these gifts. Do not worry when you are called to the task, especially for our Lord, because I will be there and I will give you the words to say. You will have what you need. So that's one thing. Another thing, then, he says... If you speak against the Son of Man, on the one hand, you know, at the beginning, and this is the main thing I want to focus on, at the beginning he says, If you honor me, I will honor you before my Father. If you deny me, I will deny you before my Father. That's justice. But then he gives us the larger message of mercy, which is once again why he has come and why he has died for us. We will be forgiven. Even if we've blasphemed, even if we've spoken against Jesus, if we want forgiveness, he will forgive us for that. But the sin against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. The church has always traditionally understood that to be what we call final impenitence. In other words, not accepting the graces of the Holy Spirit when the Lord is trying to save us. Final impenitence, meaning even if we have blasphemed, even if we have even murdered, even if we have committed adultery, whatever sin we've committed, when the Lord is offering us his grace, we are to receive it. We are to say yes, so that we can get to heaven. Getting to heaven, it has to do with our choices, but really it's about his grace more than anything. His grace is what saves us. And so if we deny that grace, if we refuse that grace, especially at the end, then there's nothing we can do. We cannot be forgiven for that. And that is a blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It's closing the door to the font of grace that wants to pull us out of hell. As far as this first thing goes, and really, once again, it's linked to all of them, Jesus saying, if you acknowledge me, my I will acknowledge you before my Father. I just want to say one thing, and I say this all the time, and it's so important, and it's so connected to this reading. We need to get Jesus in everywhere, all over the place. We need to get him in there. Tomorrow's gospel, I've already been thinking about that one, has to do with rendering unto Caesar and rendering unto God. Well, what belongs to God? Everything belongs to God. Render unto God what belongs to God. Now, in the sermon tomorrow, I'll get a little more specific. We'll talk about that. But as far as being proud of Jesus... Acknowledging Jesus before the world so that we will be acknowledged before the Father. We need to get him everywhere. We need to say his name. It's a blessing just that the name is pronounced. Excuse me for a second. <coughs> Sorry about that. We need to acknowledge him. We need to speak about him. We need to put pictures of him everywhere. With the divine mercy image, uh, there is a promise that and it's the same with the sacred heart image 
Wherever this image is placed, there will be tremendous blessings upon that place. Jesus will defend and protect that place where his image is shown. It's especially the case with divine mercy. It's especially the case with the Sacred Heart. This is why some people that I know have made car magnets of the divine mercy image. Put them on your car. Put them everywhere. People need to see that image, and it will melt hearts when they see it. We need to get him everywhere. A friend of mine who is an exorcist is constantly talking about taking blessed objects and just putting them everywhere, putting them under people's beds that need help, putting them under couches. Put You get in somebody's car, hide it in the car somewhere, put it under the seat, blessed metals, blessed objects, pictures of Jesus, whatever. Things that connect us to God, that connect us to heaven, that inspire us to pray, Put them everywhere. And I'm going to say something that you're going to think, what? He's crazy. No, I'm not crazy. Jesus needs to be the center of parish life. Never mind the fact he needs to be part of government life, civil life, which is why America was so greatly blessed in its earlier days. And we, we want to keep continue to receive that blessing. It's because God and his church and the things of God were everywhere when we founded this nation. We still say one nation under God in the pledge, although a lot of people try to take it out. Um, we want to uphold morals, putting the Ten Commandments everywhere, striving to follow the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are the basis of law, and in the origin of U.S. law, we, we have this understanding and, and the Ten Commandments being there. So we need to get that back for the sake of our nation being blessed, but also for our church being blessed I mean, it's true, the church has a divine component, the source of grace, the sacraments, and we believe Jesus promised us that's going to last till the end of time. But on the human side, on the way we structure our parishes and our schools, I have seen it over and over again when we push Jesus out. Now, yeah, we might just like have a cross on the wall and say his name here and there. Oh, yeah, let's celebrate our Catholic identity, whatever that means. Because when we push out proper moral teachings in the classroom, when we push out prayer as it ought to be and emphasizing the importance of prayer, when we cast aside holy things for the sake of college admissions and sports and all this other stuff that doesn't mean as much, then we lose the blessing, we lose the grace, and it's no wonder they're all shutting down all over the place. When you go to a parish council meeting, and the, the, the parish council members, and I have seen this many times, the parish council members being uncomfortable talking about faith, uncomfortable talking about holiness and how to grow the faith, how to evangelize, how to drive out the devil and make God more present. When they're uncomfortable about that, when parish council members are telling the priest, well, you know, your sermons are a little too over the top. If you could rein them in, we'd probably get more people coming to church on Sunday. Okay. When parish council members, leadership, whatever that means, of a parish are working against more and more and more grace being given to that place and those people because Jesus is at the center of everything, well, then you just need to shut it down because that's working against the very thing they say they're working to uphold and promote and to grow and expand. It's not going to work. 
So we need to get Jesus everywhere, whatever we can do. It doesn't mean we need to beat people over the heads with our Bibles. doesn't mean we need to shout in the streets that everybody's going to hell. No, but it does mean getting Jesus in there, getting his name in there, getting just being a man or a woman of faith, a man or a woman in the state of grace. Our very presence brings God's grace. But then we strive, we, we have to rem- remember that that's who we are and keep spreading that, promoting that by our good example, by our kindness and charity, our charity to the poor, but also the way we talk to people that we're trying to impress. Are we truly about our faith? Are we truly about Jesus? When we have, and I, this is me, I'm preaching to myself right now. When you have a Jesus bumper sticker or whatever, a Jesus magnet on your car, and then you have road rage, that's a problem, (laughs) right? The whole purpose of having Jesus on there is to, to promote that, to promote Christianity. And then, you know, we have to remember who we are and who we represent uh, when somebody cuts us off on the road, when somebody's tailgating us. I I don't know if I said this already in a previous podcast, but I ordered one of these. It's a little a license plate cover that says, do you follow Jesus this closely? Uh, I think that's clever, you know, because it's a way of saying, get off my tail, while at the same time, uh, I'm promoting him, and I'm not doing it in anger. I'm just doing it in uh, a matter-of-factness and honesty. I don't think it's safe for you to follow me that closely. I'm not going to get angry with you, God willing, with God's grace, but I am still going to say, hey, you know what? Please back off. You're, you're, this isn't safe, and if you want me to, I'll, I'll move aside. I do that more and more with, with road issues, just pulling to the side, letting the person go, because it's just not worth it. Um, anyway, God is so good to us. God loves us dearly. And, um, he wants to be in our lives. He wants to be everywhere. It's when we talk about this, I know sometimes we have this mentality of, Oh, look at me, look at how good I am that I put Jesus everywhere. No, it's a privilege. It's an honor that he even came into our world, that he wants us to belong to him. It's a privilege and an honor that we get to proclaim his name, that we get to speak his name, that we get to say, I am his. That's an honor. It should be an honor for each of us. And the more we treat Jesus with the reverence that he deserves and remembering this reading, you know, he will be there with the words we are to speak. If we constantly ask him and ask his Holy Spirit, give us the words to speak, give us the words to say, to properly be your instruments in this world, to do your will and lead others to you. He will give it in abundance. He will use us. And so much joy comes from that when we see that God has used us to spread his kingdom. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.